God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, today is... Uh, <laughs> it's just uh, the the thing that never ends, it seems like. There's another impeachment trial today. And it starts at noon today. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, President Trump's going to have 16 hours to make his case. 16 and hopefully, you know, hopefully, I don't even know what, you know, when, if he was for some reason found guilty or not, not, uh, not found innocent, I guess. Um, the idea would be that w- w- would he, do they erase, what do they erase? I mean, that, to me, uh, I think a constitutional scholar would uh, be a great uh, guest to have on the show. Um, I actually think that, um, well, I know that any any kind of Supreme Court nominations uh, or confirmations uh, would not be changed and anything like that. Um, A lot of the laws, um, a lot of the executive orders have already been changed uh, by Biden. Um, And does President Trump keep his secret service. I don't even think we're going to get to that point because 45 senators have already uh, decided that this this whole charade is unconstitutional. So there's that. Uh, I think it's kabuki theater. And I think there's a whole lot of hypocrisy going on with respect to the Democrats uh, saying one thing and, and acting out another. And we're seeing that on all fronts. Whether it be the Super Bowl, uh, the Tampa Bay mayor, uh, who uh, was saying that she'll arrest, that they're going to go through the uh, comb through the crowd and try to figure out who uh, wasn't wearing a mask, and they're going to go ahead and try to uh, arrest those people that violated the law. And that seems to be odd because there's several photos of the mayor herself not wearing a mask. 
There's photos of the mayor's entourage not wearing a mask. Uh, and then there's all kinds of cut-out cardboard boxes of people not wearing masks. And a lot of people are suggesting, well, maybe she got them mixed up with real people. It's absolutely ridiculous that we live in a world like this where uh, the people that work in government generally, uh, you know, they'll be on one standard of justice. Um, and the people have to live under another one. At the same time, you have the government tossing out millions of jobs uh, that belong to American taxpayer workers and middle-class America. But the Democrats have proven that they'll do anything, and I mean anything, to try to deflate or depower or remove power from a, a certain voter block. And that voter block with respect to the middle-class, blue-collar wor- worker, the people that are part, that support the populist movement of the Trump administration are the people that are impacted the most with regard to COVID and with regard to their jobs. This minimum wage push is going to result in the loss of 1.4 million jobs, according to the CBO. 1.4 million jobs lost because of this stupid minimum wage requirement that Joe Biden is pushing out there. Of course, there's also uh, um, forgiveness of student loan debt and all kinds of things that are going to send our national debt upwards of $30 trillion. And people don't even seem to care. Because they know that the end game is bankruptcy. The the end game is just bankruptcy and print new money, devalue the dollar, and who cares what happens with the American worker? Who cares about what happens to the American interest? Already you have Iran disrespecting the new administration uh, by demanding reparations uh, and suing for damages uh, because they seem to think that somehow Biden, uh, Trump was too hard on them and basically they're suing or they're complaining to America that they owe reparations because Trump prevented them from getting, from, from getting a, uh, a nuclear weapon. Think about that. See, that wasn't in the cards. They had a deal, the JCPOA. They had a deal. They were going to get $150 billion. They were going to sign off on a bunch of rules that were toothless because nobody was going to police anything and nobody was going to inspect anything. And so they were going to be given $150 billion. They then turned it around with their stupid hate, the Khomeini's and the, the Ayatollah, uh, and and they were going to preach death to Israel and death to America. And then Trump walks in and says, sit down, shut up, to Soleimani and people like that. And they didn't like it. They don't like getting spanked on the butt. The Iranians don't like to get spanked. 
But the issue is this, is that they went flat broke because we restored the sanctions, we pulled out of the JCPOA, and they feel like, well, that's a breach of contract. And even the Europeans, right, who signed off on the JCPOA were using that JCPOA as a shield. They were using it as a shield, and they would basically say, well, our word is our bond. Contract's a contract. We made a deal. What did we get for the deal, though? And it wasn't even a deal that was signed off by the Senate or the or, the, or Congress in any way. It was a deal that was rogue, and it was a scratch your back, I'll you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of deal with Lindsey Graham and John McCain, making it so the Republicans would just roll over and play dead. You know, because they controlled that caucus in the Senate, the Republican caucus. We're going to change all that. We're tired of these um, rhinos. Uh, just recently, we got the uh, Secretary of State Raffensperger uh, investigating Trump in the way he called some of the states with respect to the election. He just want, They're relentless when it comes to attacking Trump. But yeah, that's the stuff that's going on. You know, the uh, stuff that's going on is the minimum wage is going to cost 1.4 million jobs, blue collar taxpayer jobs. The open borders are going to cost more than that. It, it, amnesty and legalizing upwards of 20 million uh, illegals is going to just completely destroy the job market for the um, the people just starting out their workers in the kitchens and dishwashers and busboys and things like that, manufacturing, farm work, you name it, lower-skilled work, the work that people have to do when they start to learn how to work and get into the job market. That could be a college student waiting tables. That could be uh, an actor or an actress um, with a remedial side job. Forget about the gig economy. There's going to be an intrusion of people that are going to be driving um, the Ubers and Lyfts that you've never seen before. And all along the way, these jobs are going to be displaced. Or it's going to be the, the comp- competition in these lower-skilled jobs from people that are barely legal, from people that... Uh, uh, could barely speak the language from all these different types of people. All these entry-level jobs, all these side jobs are going to be crushed. The people that the Democrats say they support and care about the most, you know, the party that says that they want to give people a livable wage. But you got people talking out of both sides of their mouth because it was John F. Kennedy that said that minimum wage covers only about half of what's required uh, for to, to sustain a household. And Elizabeth Warren uh, said something completely the opposite. It was kind of an interesting thing where, you know, somebody's lying. Uh, it used to be that the minimum wage, you could buy a house and a car to this and to that. You know, so she said exactly the opposite of John, what John F. Kennedy said. So, you know, square that, how, figure that, right? I don't know how you figure that. 
One person says one thing, another person says another. Revisionist history is what I see from Pocahontas, who claimed that she was a Native American Indian with no Native American Indian blood. These people are liars in in Washington, D.C. They lie to you all the time. And we're supposed to believe them. They're supposed to, we're supposed, we, we actually give them power when we shouldn't. There's no reason why it is that Jerry Nadler or Chuck Schumer or these people that are advocating for impeachment and advancing that ball based on zero due process, based on zero proof of anything, because we're going to play some clips today that are just going to blow your mind. I mean, the idea is is that what Maxine Waters said or what Chuck Schumer said were a thousand times worse than anything that Trump's ever said. And they got away with it. So there's two standards of justice. There's no equal justice in America. Apparently, you know, the woman holding the scales, Lady Justice, with the blindfold on, can see right through it or something. I don't know. It's not blind justice. It's not justice is blind. Somehow, it's, they put their hand on the scale and weigh politically. And somehow, because the bureaucracy is filled with Democrats who like their big fat paychecks and pensions, you know, you could walk into the government, maybe as a conservative, but you'll walk out tainted as a liberal they can't even figure out who to vote for or votes for Hillary even though she's corrupt as the day is long or votes for Biden even though he sold out his country to China or how about Elizabeth Warren who lied about her heritage and took jobs away from Native American Indians or how about the minimum wage uh, guarantee that costs 1.4 1.4 million uh, people, their jobs. 1.4 million people. The same people, though, those same people that say you need a minimum wage, everybody, uh, dignity, they call it, dignity. A man shouldn't have to work for, you know, such a small number. But what they don't realize is how many people are now going to be displaced from their job and on welfare. And the question remains, you know, okay, one of these uh, job replacements going to come. One of these green jobs going to come in. It's like, do you even care? Did you sit down at the table and bargain with some of the union leaders? And, 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 and these union leaders constantly and consistently vote Democrat because they're paid off and it's, a, it's, a, it's an action pack. It's a political action committee of some sort. But the idea is there's all kinds of money squeezing uh, through the seams, people are shaking hands with greasy palms, kickbacks city. And the idea is at some point, these same people, these same miserable liberals are exploiting multinational trade deals with multinational corporations, taking advantage of things that Main Street can't take advantage of because they're, they don't have a seat at the table in Brussels. And they work out these arrangements at the United Nations and elsewhere so that they can access slave labor markets 
slave labor markets where a 12-year-old works 18 hours a day in a factory for $2, goes home, sleeps in a bunk bed, four stacked high with a ladder, living about 36 people to a 1,200-square-foot room. I don't know. But it's... I don't know the I, I don't know the details of the room, but I do know that they're sleeping in bunk beds in big open rooms with a one, two bathrooms, sort of like the way Biden treated his National Guard that just doesn't seem to leave. I, I heard the number was about four hundred and thirty eight million dollars that the government is spending to protect them. When there's nobody in D.C. that <laughs> nobody's even in D.C. anymore, the streets are empty. Nobody's sightseeing. There's n- nobody wants to walk around with a stupid mask on that Fauci says is required. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. And not only that, they can't even get remotely close to the Capitol building or the Washington Monument, or well, maybe the Washington Monument, but not the White House, not where the actual people work. Yeah, you can get to the Washington Monument because that's just a lowly-level ticket collector. They don't need to protect that person. But Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters and Chucky Schumer and Jerry Nadler and Adam Shifty Shift and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are all hated by Americans. The Americans know for a fact that the election was rigged, that the that, that this was a big, huge coup, heist. They've been trying for a coup since day one. And we're really just sick of it. We're sick of all the rules, the draconian rules. We're sick of... The veil has come off. We see them, the fools, for what they are, fools. And somehow they got laws that protect them. They got fences They want to take down the southern border wall, but they want to give themselves a wall. And I think that's just nonsense. You know, we have the numbers and we need to speak up. We have the numbers and we need to speak up. And we need to storm the gates. And I don't mean physically hurt anybody. I'm not talking about that. But what I am talking about is we need to make ourselves heard. And we need to take this fight because it's our last stand. It, it is our last stand. When they try to pull off packing the Senate, we know what they're up to. They just want to pack the Senate so they could pack the court and the filibuster. They want to end the filibuster so they could pack the Senate so they could pack the court. It's just one step at a time to take over the country and turn it into a one-party state and end up like California where they could turn our electric off whenever they need to. They could turn our ration, our water. We are human beings living on this earth with equal footing to the, the government. The government can't tell us what to do. They work for us. We tell them what to do. That's how it works. And I think it's very disrespectful that Biden would implement these changes 
to climate initiatives that regulate jobs right off the market, right out of the market. Because these corporations that are going to be subjected to the Biden's draconian climate change laws are going to basically pitch up their tent and take it to another country, maybe China, where they can access slave labor markets. Hey, you know what? I'm going to set up manufacturing in China. You know, or better yet, I'll just order all my parts from China. And what's the, you know, I save a lot of money because the manufacturer here has to pay all these regulations and $15 minimum wages and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, their widget's going to cost 18 times what it costs to get the same widget in China. I'll buy the China widget. What do you think happens to the American corporate, the manufacturing plant when that happens? It goes out of business. What do you think happens to the job? They get on social welfare. They become impoverished. They lose their house. It's crazy. I'm sick of it. I'm so tired of it. But we're doing something about it, folks. We are doing something about it. I want to hear, I want you to hear this clip <clears throat> from Peter Ducey, uh, Steve Ducey's son. So he asks the question, he says, Ducey, but there are people living paycheck to paycheck. There are now people out of jobs. It's been 12 days since Gina McCarthy and John Kerry were here. It's been 19 days since the EO. So what do these people who need money now, when do they get their green jobs? You know, that's a great question. When do they get their green jobs? I'd like to know. And uh, I'm sure that the people that are starving would like to know, too. The people that are actually trying to feed their family would like to know. So let's go ahead and take a listen to this exchange, Jen Psaki. We also have a a couple of exchanges related to the impeachment trial today, uh, which is going to go nowhere fast. I'm just looking forward to the discovery because... Trump's team's going to have at least 16 hours to showcase all the new footage that's coming out of Detroit <clears throat> and all the um, problems that were associated with Georgia that the mainstream media has never told to their the people that listen to their channels. Uh, and I know several of these people. They listen to CNN and MSNBC, and you ask them a question, they don't know crap. They don't know anything. And you're like, but they want to have the debate, right? Until you actually show them up and then they want to shut their mouths. It's so stupid. But they, they're so ill-informed. They don't even know the question to ask because they don't even get the, get the question in the news format. They don't even know what's happening outside of the bubble that the mainstream media and big media has created. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Peter Ducey. Here we go. Thank you, Jen. I do have a question on COVID, but first on energy. When is it that the Biden administration is going to let the thousands of uh, fossil fuel industry workers, whether it's pipeline workers or construction workers, who are either out of work or will soon be out of work because of a Biden EO, uh, when it is and where it is that they can go for their green job? And that is something the administration has promised. Uh, There is now a gap. So I'm just curious when that happens, when those people can count on that. 
Well, I'd certainly welcome you to present your data of all the thousands and thousands of people who uh, won't be getting a green job. Maybe next time you're here, you can present that. But you said that they would be getting green jobs, so I'm just asking when that happens. Uh, Richard Trumka, who is a friend, longtime friend Mm -hmm. of Joe Biden, says about that day one Keystone EO, he says, I wish he, the president, had paired that more carefully with the thing that he did second by saying. By the way, Richard Trumka is a union boss. We'll continue. Here's where we are creating the jobs. So there's partial evidence from Richard Trumka. Well, you didn't include all of his interview. Would you like to include the rest? So so how about this? Uh, The Laborers International Union of North America said the Keystone decision will cost 1,000 existing union jobs and 10,000 projected construction jobs. Well, what Mr. Trumpaga also indicated in the same interview was that President Biden has proposed a climate plan with transformative investments in infrastructure and laid out a plan that will not only create millions of good union jobs, but also help tackle the climate crisis. And as the president has indicated when he gave his primetime address uh, to talk about the American Rescue Plan, he talked about his plans to also put forward a jobs plan uh, in the in the weeks or months following and he has every plan to do exactly that yeah right i'll wait for that i'll hold my breath right for that and uh so let's listen to the second part of that here we go uh stop construction spent there are people living paycheck to paycheck. There are now people out of jobs once the Keystone pi- out of jobs once the Keystone Pipeline uh, stopped construction. It's been 12 days since Gina McCarthy and John Kerry were here, and it's been 19 days since that deal. So, what are these people who need money now? When do they get their green job? Well, uh, the the president and many Democrats and Republicans in Congress believe that investment in infrastructure, building infrastructure, uh, that's international interests uh, and that boosts the U.S. economy, creates good paying union jobs here in America and advances our climate and clean energy goals are something that we can certainly work on doing together. And he has every plan to uh, share more about his uh, details of that plan in the, in the weeks ahead. And then just a quick one on the stimulus. There's reporting that House Democrats are going to come out with a $3,000 per child stimulus for mm-hmm. some eligible families. Is that something that the White House supports making a permanent benefit? Well, the president talked about this uh, a bit on the campaign trail and the importance of um, child tax credits uh, to help working families um, ensure they can make ends meet. This proposal is emergency funding, as I understand it. Uh, It's a central priority of his first legislative proposal to cut child poverty in half in in the first this year sorry um and that's why he included a child tax credit in the american rescue plan uh but that's again emergency funding and something that will help people get through this period of time campaign trail i almost have to laugh uh like what the heck are they talking about campaign trail i don't think um you know i don't think that uh he was on the campaign trail at all ever so um so I want to address also the hypocrisy that's going on um, in our government. Our Democrat leaders are full of hypocrisy. Um, and that's another issue that uh, I think is really t- something else. And, uh, you know, um, one of the things, too, I just want to let people know, I retweeted uh, this new footage uh, from Detroit of a van shipping boxes of ballots in the middle of the night in Detroit. And it's very clear and obvious what's going on. This is new footage. Uh, it's 
you look at this and you say, wow, this is a cause for great concern. So uh, I, I just encourage everybody to take a look at uh, the Scott Adams Show Twitter feed. Um, and we also have uh, t.me slash Scott Adams Show and t.me slash Red State Talk Radio, I believe. Um, and uh, those are the uh, telegraph or telegram telegram uh, uh, links. So again, uh, just circling back to finish up because I have this, this, these notes uh, related to Iran. Iran demands reparations from Biden for damage caused by President Trump that prevented them from obtaining a nuclear weapon. <laughs> That's what we were talking about a little bit before. Um, also, um, former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows drops a bomb on power-drunk Democrats Trump offered assistance multiple times to D.C. officials before January 6th. So that's kind of an important thing, too, uh, when you think about um, the case that's being made today. Um, And then I wanted to get to uh, uh, the hypocrisy part. So let's take a listen to some of these um, issues. Let's listen to to Chuck Schumer and his violent rhetoric. Okay, because Democrats act like they're victims, and and they're not. You know, um, the um, well, we'll take a listen to this one first. To, to Rashid Talib, here she is crying her eyes out with Casio Cortez rubbing her arm, and it's going to be okay, kind of thing. Listen to this. So what happened on January 6th, all I could do was thank Allah that I wasn't here. See, this is uh, all I could do is thank Allah that I wasn't here. So Rashid Tlaib uh, is talking about promoting her Muslim faith, which is fine. Uh, and then um, on the Senate, uh, on the on the House of Representatives floor. But the other part is she's crying her eyes out, but she's lying. She wasn't... Uh, even close to being in the same vicinity of the uh, damage. Uh, it's the worst acting uh, that you could ever imagine. So we, we know that Ocasio-Cortez lied through her teeth. She was in the uh, a whole other building of, uh, 10 minutes away. And uh, she said that she was fearful of her life while she also, at the same time, bashed the Capitol Hill police that was there uh, that, that wanted to evacuate the building that she was in uh, and do their job. Um, and she made all that up, too, uh, because she wasn't threatened at all. In fact, she was saved uh, by any potential threat. But there was no one in her building, which was 10-minute walk away. Here we go. I think it was the Cook building. I felt overwhelming relief. And I feel bad for Alexandria, so many of my colleagues that were here. But as I saw it, I thought to myself, thank God, I am not there. I saw the images that they didn't get to see until later. My team and I decided at that point, we'd keep the death threats away. We'd try to report them, document them, to keep them away from me. Because it just paralyzed me, and all I wanted to do was come here and serve the people that raised me. The people that told my mother, who only had eighth grade education, that she deserves human dignity. 
people that believed in me. So she's reading this, uh, and she's got a pen, line by line, reading this. And here she is, though, before she was a congresswoman, at a Trump speech. You guys are crazy! You're an animal! Get a job! (laughs) That was her saying, you guys are crazy, right? And she's being thrown out by multiple police, jumping up and down, acting aggressively as you could possibly uh, act, uh, threatening to storm the stage, uh, and they had to pull her away. Now, this is Rashid Tlaib, right? A real a real, uh, real tough guy, right? A real tough girl. Um, but, you know, here she is crying her eyes out uh, because she's in a building somewhere close to what i'm i live in dc right i wasn't threatened i know several people that were there that day in fact uh the morning of that event uh we had a friend of ours on uh, in studio who joined us before she went there it wasn't that big of a deal there's a lot of people that were there that said they had a good time that it was peaceful that the later part where the pre-planned attack from the liberals and from Antifa, and there were some conservatives that piggybacked onto it. You know, they sort of like, uh, in a way, you call it like groupthink, right? Where certain group behavior uh, lends itself to other people behaving in a way they may may not have uh, ever ever behaved before. So um, there's that. And then here we got this one. Okay, so we have the Maxine Waters. Then we're going to get to um, Rand Paul. So Maxine Waters uh, says, uh, PolitiFact says, no, Representative Maxine Waters didn't say Trump supporters are not welcome here, which is a big fat lie. So it should tell you everything you want to know about the fact checkers, right? And then we have this uh, little segment. She says, Representative Maxine Waters now says her urging supporters to be increasingly confrontational and forceful against Trump was a- a- allies was not actually meant to incite violence. Let's hear what she has to say. Uh, can you yes. say that you have not glorified or encouraged violence against Republicans? Absolutely, I can say it. As a matter of fact, if you look at the words that I use, the strongest thing I said was, tell them they're not welcome. Talk to them. Tell them they're not welcome. I didn't say, go and fight. I didn't say anybody was going to have any violence. And so they can't make that. Yeah, well, PolitiFact then, you know, misquoted her. But here's what she actually said. At a gasoline station, you get out and you create a... If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant... In a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. Wow. Okay, so PolitiFact, when you read that... If you see anybody from that cabinet... Okay, i got to turn that off. And so PolitiFact then says, no, Representative Maxine Waters didn't say Trump supporters are not welcome here. Well, that's a lie. You know, that the PolitiFact 
just lied. And she was on some other, she was on another um, channel as well, where she um, uh, was with Joy Reid, uh, a softball, you know, answering softball questions, and that was yet another pack of lies. And you you see what they're doing, right? I mean, what they're doing is they are trying to spin a, a narrative. By listening to their lies, you kind of can tell where it is that they are tr- uh, couching their argument. And they don't have a winning argument. Let's listen to Chuck Schumer. Crying rocket, crocodile tears, Chuck. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if hit you, you go forward with these awful decisions. So, want- so Supreme Court justices, you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Huh. Wow. That's, uh, that's crazy talk right there, right? That's just crazy talk. So we have a, a clip from, from uh, Rand Paul that I hope I could find. Uh, I had it, and then I lost it. But, oh, I, I know where to get it. All right, so Rand Paul weighed in on the, this, and um, and, well, we'll get it. So, just trying to find the Rand Paul clip. And uh, so the idea here is, that Rand Paul makes a really good statement. And uh, let's see if I could find this. So while we're doing that, let's see. So, uh, you know, I had the Rand Paul clip. Oh, right here. Boom. All right. We got it. Um, So Rand Paul was talking about Chuck Schumer. He says this. But I think if we're going to criminalize speech and uh, somehow impeach everybody who says, oh, go fight to hear your voices heard, I mean, really, we ought to impeach Chuck Schumer then. He went to the Supreme Court, stood in front of the Supreme Court, and said specifically, hey, Gorsuch, hey, Kavanaugh, you've unleashed a whirlwind, and you're going to pay the price. You won't know what hits you if you continue with these awful decisions. This inflammatory wording, this violent rhetoric of Chuck Schumer was so bad that the Chief Justice, who rarely says anything publicly, immediately said this kind of language is dangerous as a mob tried to invade the Supreme Court. So if people want to call, hold President Trump accountable for language, there has to be a consistent standard. And to my mind, it's a partisan farce because they're not doing anything to Chuck Schumer, not doing anything to Representative Omar, not doing anything to Maxine Waters. It's just not fair. It's just partisan politics under a different name. But I think if we're going to criminalize he, he made a pretty and good, uh, somehow um, impeach everybody who says, oh, go fight to hear your voices heard. Okay, so I mean, really, we ought to impeach now Chuck we got Schumer then. Too, too, much, to of, the too much of Rand Paul. So he made a very good point. Uh, also, when um, he was talking about the four, the, this is Kabuki theater. He's the one that said that. He basically said, you know, this is just pure theater because there's 45 people that already deem this thing unconstitutional. There's just no way that they're going to have the votes that they 
claim that they have. So, you know, I, I just find that to be a bit interesting. Um, also, Der- Dershowitz, the Democrats, article of impeachment against uh, former President Trump. Let's take a listen to what Alan Dershowitz has to say. Number one, the Senate has no jurisdiction over a former president. If they had jurisdiction over a former office holder, they could impeach Nikki Haley tomorrow if they think that she poses a threat, possibly in 2024 to Biden. After all, she held office uh, three years ago. They could impeach Bill Clinton now without any statute of limitations. So that's number one argument. Number two argument, the speech was protected by the Constitution. Number three, the Senate can't violate the First Amendment in its impeachment. Give you an example. All right, so he just covered... He discovered um, that you can impeach a ham sandwich, right? It's like an indictment. No due process, statute of limitations, all kinds of things there. Then the article itself, uh, the speech that they're complaining about, was covered uh, under the First Amendment, right? Free speech. So, And then thirdly, he goes into this. It's impeachment. Give you an example. You know, the House managers say the First Amendment isn't applicable. Impeachment stands on its own. Let's assume a Muslim American gets elected president and the Democrat House decides or the Republican House decides to impeach that person because he's Muslim. But the Constitution says no religious test shall ever be required. But the House managers would say that's not relevant to impeachment because impeachment is political. But of course, they're bound by the Constitution. And the First Amendment says Congress, Congress shall make no law, no law abridging the freedom of speech. And no law has been interpreted to mean Take no action that has consequences. It doesn't matter if it's a law or administrative action. So those are the three arguments I would make. And those are really good arguments to make, too, right? So there's, there's you know, take comfort in that. Um, but also, there uh, was this guy, uh, well, the guy from Newsmax, Greg Kelly, um, put uh, met up with... Uh, President Trump over the over the weekend this past weekend and he gets into uh, something else he gets into talking about um, this idea that um, he gets into the idea of of something his his experience on the plane and wearing the mask and and how he was greedy when he got back to New York and with the National Guard and these different mandates and he thought that they were actually dr- very draconian um, but the first part of this uh, audio clip is where he talks, doesn't get into details about President Trump, but he talks about President Trump's spirit. So let's take a listen. Spent the weekend in Florida. I just got back this morning. Um, I can't go into too many details because it was off the record. Off the record means it's not like an official interview. So the subject can relax and you can relax. President Trump. Spent some time with him uh, yesterday on the golf course, and uh, I can tell you this. His spirits are high. Uh, he looks great, and uh, he's on top of everything, everything. Uh, this guy does not look like he's retired. Maybe someday I can tell you a few more details. i got to tell you something else, though. On the way back from Florida, there was a bit of a complication. You know, when I travel um, on airlines, you know, you're always told what to do and you got to listen. And I just put my body on droop and I just go along with it. Right. It's not comfortable. But if you just put your body on droop and just go along with it and look at your phone, everything's fine. Something different happened, though. 
got off the plane in New York, you know who was standing there? About a dozen or so National Guard troops. Whoa. And they were saying, everybody fill out these forms. COVID, COVID, fill out the forms. Okay, I, why? Is this required? I've been flying, you know, I, uh, mandate by the governor, fill it out. Here's the picture, by the way. I was inclined to take it because it looked a little crowded. Doesn't that look crowded? Like, <laughs> we were already close on the plane. This is even closer. It didn't seem like a good idea. One of the National Guard troops started to say, don't take a picture of me. I said, I'm not taking a picture of you. He said, what are you taking a picture of? I said, it's not your business. Got a little ugly. Not too ugly, but I went back to apologize a little while later. I don't like being told what to do by um, a soldier in this country. I don't know. It's not supposed to work that way. Couldn't find him. But hey, if you're listening, I am sorry. And I- All right. So there you go. Um, you know, we, we live in a country where we have civil rights and we should all, you know, and these people work for us. Uh, I think that somehow the script has been flipped and people forget about that. The other part is I really think that, uh, you know, we have to protect ourselves and putting on a dirty mask and they say, oh, well, don't put on a dirty mask. Well, you know, with Biden actually displacing all these jobs, how can anybody afford a clean mask? You know, I mean, there are people that literally are on a budget now and they're being forced to buy these stupid masks. Okay, that's another another angle that you can make the argument. But <clears throat> the um, other issue is that what he was talking about there when he got off the plane uh, Greg Kelly was talking about there from Newsmax. He he was basically saying th- the uh, stop measures in terms of uh, everybody getting it or temperature taken or whatever it was, um, they uh, are creating a crowd. And the crowd, they say social distancing is, is one of the most important features for uh, mitigation. Okay, that's fine. Um, because, you know, last I checked, I've been reading reports that, you know, putting on the same mask over and over, wearing the same mask all day. You know, I mean, they do say that, you know, most of the bacteria in your body it gets on your teeth. You know, you eat and there's there's particles, whatever, you know, in your mouth. That's where you have certain areas where I guess it's uh, bacteria stores up through your teeth. That's why you get teeth cleanings, right? And stuff like that. That's why we brush our teeth. And, you know, you can brush your teeth three times a day, four times a day. And that's great. That's healthy for your gums and whatever. But you know what? There's, there's issues there. So the, there should, should be, um, a limit in, in terms of how much, like when you wear a mask, it's, you're trapping all that in. And I just think that there are some side effects to wearing masks that aren't the healthiest. And so you get, you get one thing as a result of another. You know, you put the mask on, you, you end up getting something else. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a doctor, but what I would say is I don't think it's right that somebody else gets to dictate to me what I do with my health. You know, this RDNA uh, kind of uh, vaccine I may not want to take it. I don't want to put a formaldehyde in my arm. I don't want to put uh, baby byproducts 
or embryos or or any kind of stem cell, anything in, in my body. I don't want to truncate my DNA or whatever it is. I should have that right as a person on this earth. And And the other question then becomes, okay, so I've been paying taxes and you're telling me to do something and I'm your boss. I'm your boss because I pay your salary. And then you're going to tell me to do something. And if I don't do it, then I can be punished. I could be thrown in jail. Uh, I could be arrested. You know, that's not right. In America, that's not right. And the other part then, in addition to that, is I should have a choice as to what I put in my body. It's my body. That's my soul, my, my body. And I get to control what I put in my body. Uh, you know, you might be able to control what I do with my lawn, my hedge, hedge bush, or my, my back deck, or whether I get a pool or not, or whether I could build a treehouse. But you should not be able to control what I put inside my body. Jeez, where does it end? You know, it's a similar argument to the uh, late-term abortion or infanticide. You know, at what point are you killing somebody? You know, and everybody has their own opinion about that. But at some point, it's murder. And that's what we need to realize, is that we have to stand up for our rights because they will take them all. They've already shown that, right? They will lie, cheat, and steal to control you. I think they're drunk with power because I think some of these people go into Washington and they come out a different, different animal. Uh, they become drunk with power, and that seems to be a problem. You know, even uh, Mark Meadows was talking about this drunk with power business. Um, let's take a listen to what he had to say to Maria Bartiroma. But we also know this, help was offered multiple times, not just in January, but throughout the summer with the D.C. mayor saying that the president stood by willing to offer a National Guard assistance, other assistance, and often, in fact, every time was rebuked and said, no, we can go it alone. And so they, they do need to get to the bottom of it, and hopefully we'll, we'll see that in the very near future. So you say that the president had offered up Capitol Police, National Guard, even went to the Department of Defense. Yeah, and so we, we also know that in January, uh, but also throughout the summer, that the president was very vocal in making sure that we had plenty of National Guard, plenty of additional support, because he supports the rule of law, he supports our law enforcement, and offered additional help. Even in January, that was, was given. Uh, as many as 10,000 National Guard troops were told to be on the ready by the uh, Secretary of Defense. That was a direct order from President Trump, and yet here's what we see is there's all kinds of blame going around, but yet not a whole lot of accountability. That accountability needs to rest with where it, it ultimately should be, and that's on Capitol Hill. Interesting. So that's, again, that poo-poo's one of the uh, complaints or arguments that are coming from uh, the left. And you wonder why they're even bothering with the charade and and the other part that I add to this then is they're they're offering up this charade this this nonsense and 
<laughs> I was just reading something that flashed up. It says, Liz Cheney says Trump isn't GOP, the GOP leader. Trump's 75 million voters, 92% won him as 2024 nominee per Axios poll. The permanent political class uni party establishment still doesn't understand our movement, which is young and growing. Uh, Liz Cheney says, you know, who, who gets 13% support. Uh, she's 13% like her. Uh, is the one that's actually making that claim. That's just so stupid. You know, the um, you wonder what the Democrats are up to. And I say it's a big mistake for the Democrats because the discovery alone is going to blow the minds of a lot of people. It's an opportunity for President Trump to state his claim and his case. It's an opportunity for him to actually showcase that election fraud really did happen because in many of the courts, they don't want to hear it. But he has 16 hours to actually talk about fraud. He didn't say anything. The speech speaks for itself. Read the transcript, right? But then they're, they're making the other argument that says, well, he didn't concede. He wasn't acting presidential. He should have conceded. Well, actually, election fraud happened. Even the guy that actually was the biggest proponent of the election fraud, Mark Elias, is now arguing the opposite. In the state of New York, in a, in a seat that they're losing, they're blaming the voting machines that they themselves support and create, created. The funky algorithms and all the other nonsense. I'm telling you, Trump's performance was unprecedentedly strong. And what happened was they had to overcompensate their cheat. That's really the case. That is the absolute case. So, you know, it'll be interesting. The, uh, the impeachment trial begins at uh, 12 o'clock noon on Tuesday. And uh, it's going to go for at least a few days. We'll see what happens. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of discovery and disclosure and what kind of opportunities... Team Trump actually takes advantage of in this saga. So you've been listening to the Scott Adams Show. My name is Scott Adams, and we will see you next time on the radio. Thank you all for listening. Check out scottadamshow.com for the podcast, and bye-bye now. A long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.